Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, I'm very excited to have with me a dentist from the Chicago area, Dr. Joy Postkozum. Say hello. Hi, how are you? Good. I, you know, I usually take a little bit of more time on the beginning, um, on the intro, usually a little slower, but I wanted to make sure that I pronounced your name correctly. Um, when you see it written down, it's very easy, but it's one of those ones that just kind of uh, makes, you, makes you think it's harder than it is. So, um, so grateful to have you here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into dentistry, why you decided to become a dentist? Wanted to be a dentist because uh, braces. I had horrible you know, as you know, the the common vernacular is buck teeth, right? I had a huge overjet, couldn't close my lips around my around my teeth. Um, used to suck on these two fingers, you know, through the third grade. Not my left hand. The right hand tasted better. Don't ask me why. I was nine. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I the damage was done. I was a good kid. Did my homework. Never got sick horrible, you know, um, needed ortho. And uh, I'll never forget that I was in the orthodontist chair. My parents were saving money in order for me to be able to have braces and that really nice guy. But he turns to my mom and said, I wish I saw her two years earlier. I wish I saw her two years ago. We wouldn't have had to do as much work. Yep. And and I felt horrible for my mom because I know they had been saving money because they knew I, you know, I, I knew that they knew that I needed braces. And and it, but the the change in my smile uh, just blew me away, and I wanted to provide that type of care for for other people as well. And I became a general dentist so I could do all types of dentistry and not just limit myself to ortho. Sure. Yeah. So um, I love it when people have their own you know healthcare conditions that they tie together with you know how they got into a profession. I always think that's really fascinating. When, I mean, talk about taking charge, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's that's great. And usually when I see that is, you know, people you have to, that you know, practice dentistry for a really long time and have a lot of joy, which is your first name in uh, practicing dentistry. So one of the reasons why we wanted to have on the show today is um, to talk about your experiences um, in treating for patients. So, you know, this podcast, a lot of times we get busy and talking about the business side of it. We talk about bringing in patients and keeping patients and bookkeeping and, you know, accounting and all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, taking care of patients is the thing that we have to do, um, right? We have to do a really good job of, or the rest of it's never going to matter. Um, you do, you work um, and invest quite a bit of time as a traveling dentist. Yes. So tell us what that's like a little bit and what you've learned about your your regular practice, or I should say your general practice, um, while practicing uh, as a traveling dentist. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, physically um, challenging. I will definitely say that. Uh, the, the homes that I go into, and when I say homes, I mean like the senior care communities, um, sure. they don't have a room for, you know, dentistry. So it's a lot of, you know, working alongside a, a wheelchair or hopefully they have like a general convertible of some type of, you know, easy chair, comfy chair that we can, you know, lean the chair back and I can I can take a look and see what's going on. A lot of times, too, for those that are mid to end stage dementia, they're in bed, uh, which actually makes life very easy for me then, too. I mean, I can stand and do dentistry. It's a hospital bed. We can recline. We can, you know, proconate whatever we need to do to have them um, have have them good have oh my god okay we need to do that again 
<laughs> I've never done that before, but yeah, but let's do that again. Um, going into going into um, the homes of senior care communities, uh, there is no room for uh, dentistry, right? So it's a lot of alongside a wheelchair. It can be in a comfy chair, hopefully like a Jennifer convertible that can be leaned back. Or for those with mid to end stage dementia, it is uh, where they're in, already in a hospital bed. You know, the, the the bed can be raised, it could be lowered, we can recline, you know, so that they can um, be seated comfortably, they can be in their beds comfortable, and I can also see what I need to see in order to provide good treatment for them. Um, so that's been a, a challenge for me, and addressing the concern for oral health with the communities has been a huge challenge for me as well, because there's so many other things that they need to be worried about. Um, and oral health, unfortunately, um, is not a top priority. Uh, and sure. what they don't tend to realize is that um, if they can't eat, there's going to be a failure to thrive and they're going to begin to lose weight. And unfortunately, right. I'm one of the last people that they're, that's called. You know, They're going to do all the blood tests. They're going to do all these kind of screens. They're going to do a mental health screen, which is wonderful as well. But I'm also the last person called, and then I, you know, lift up the upper lip, and you know, there is a denture in there that they didn't even realize was in there, and they're in pain because this denture hasn't been removed for two years. Hmm. You know, so it's it's stuff like that that so, has been challenging. You know, I have, um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast before. I have a 16 year old special needs son who's autistic and he is verbal, but he can't always describe what's going on. So oftentimes he could have some type of a physical ailment going on and you could say what's wrong. He might say my tummy hurts. Well, it has nothing to do with his tummy. It's just what he thinks he's supposed to say. So he says it. So, you know, my heart goes out to people who can't really talk about their conditions, right? And, you know, veterinarians talk about this all the time, how like their, their patients can't communicate with them. You, you run into to patients often where they can't necessarily communicate with you or communicate effectively with you to what's going on, right? All the time, daily. Let's make the jump from that. Tell me what you've learned treating, we'll call them typical patients, right? In one of your operatories, in your office, what have you learned on what skills has working um, with people who can't tell you what's wrong brought over to those who can? How's that improved your skills? Oh my gosh, that is an excellent question. Um, to not rush, to make direct eye contact, to have a conversation in front of them and not behind them as you're typing notes, you know, frantically, you know, in the computer behind, you know, their their chair, the, you know, the head of their chair. Sure. Um, to make sure that I'm not just talking to them, but talking with them. It's having that conversation. It's having that interaction. It's asking questions. Um, and a lot of times it's also asking questions where we can have a yes or no answer. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a long winded answer, but I, questions that I can ask that can, you know, that a yes or no answer will suffice. Uh, those are things that I have learned by working with the senior community that works just as well with a 12 year old, you know, or, or, you know, one of my, one of my college kid, you know, patients, you know, it's being able to interact with them and have them feel like I'm interacting with them. And I might feel that we are, but if they don't, then I'm not developing that relationship and I'm not establishing, you know, good trust and respect for the care that I'm trying to provide for them. And that is, that's everything that's crucial in a dental practice. Yeah, that's some, that's some great advice. And I, I always love it when 
you know, um, I, let me ask, actually, let me ask you a question instead of assuming. Would you, is wor working in as a traveling dentist and working with non-typical patients has to be extremely difficult, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's rewarding and it's really difficult. How has that level of dif uh, difficulty um, made working in your primary practice easier? Right. I mean, it has to oh, be. Wow. Um, being able to use my, my, you know, my drill, just having everything readily accessible to me with a dental assistant who understands, you know, what I need for the patient. We've done a morning huddle. We've discussed what needs to be done and, and we go ahead and treat those patients. And, you know, there are, you know, problems that arise, but, you know, you know, pretty much, you know, for a day, you do your morning huddle, we we discuss the day, we discuss the patients, we discuss the treatment, the day will go pretty smoothly. On most days, we have those other days. But for the most part, that is how you know, things tend to work out. Um, the ability to also think outside the box, the conversations that I have with my patients too have also changed, you know, knowing that someone may have an older loved one living with them is having a conversation. It's not just about them, but what are, you know, how's the oral care for your loved one who is unfortunately, you know, suffered from a stroke, let's say, and, and is bed bound. How's sure. it going for them? You know, having that conversation as well, it's building, once again, building that relationship, building that trust and thinking outside the box of what we else we can do for someone when maybe traditional care is not the answer. Sure. So let, let me ask you this question. If, because, you know, the age group right now, yeah, I'm 46. My mom's in her, her young 70s. Um, I know that a lot of practices have patients around my age. So they have these patients, they're these parents that are getting older. Um, what should a dentist do? What kind of conversations should they be having with their patients who they know have parents that are in assisted care facilities or nursing homes or whatever the, the proper term is to use? Um, what should they be asking them and why should they be asking them it? I'm going to do the why first. Um, yeah. There are, uh, it's federally regulated, it's called Activities of Daily Living or ADLs. And in those Activities of Daily Living, they are daily monitored or sometimes twice daily monitored on the activities a typical person would be able to do. Number one, get out of bed. Number two, change. Number three, go to the bathroom. And these are all things that they can do independently. Um, if they can't do that, then they may need um, assisted living, where now someone is coming in in the morning to help them get out of bed, to change, to go to the bathroom. One of the things that is not listed in activities of daily living is whether or not they can provide oral care for themselves. Namely, mm -hmm. can they brush their teeth? Can they find their toothbrush? Can they find their toothpaste? Can they open up the toothpaste tube? Do they need help with putting on the adhesive for their lower denture that they've had, mm -hmm. you know, for years? These are the questions to be having because if they're the assumption is that this is automatically being done. And I promise you it's not. So making sure that these things that are what we'd normally feel is just part of a daily routine is not looked at as normal or not as a, as a normal activity to be checked on on a daily basis with someone living in, in the community. So having that conversation is like, you know, are you sure that, you know, your loved one's teeth are being brushed twice a day? You know, you had mentioned earlier that you notice that the hands are beginning to shake a little bit. You know, Parkinson's medication may not be working as well as it used to. You know, how do you feel about, you know, them being able to brush their teeth? Is this something you feel they may need to, um, you may need to address with a nurse or the CNA, the certified uh, nursing assistant? 
sure. things like that is having those conversations, bringing it to their attention and having them be aware that this may not be being done on a regular basis. And maybe it's a conversation to have with the powers that be in the community. Yeah, that's um, great information. Great, great advice. I, I have to imagine that if, if only 50% of healthy people see a dentist regularly, when people are not healthy and in those end years of their lives, it's probably something that's not thought about nearly enough. So um, I think it's a, a really good idea for all dentists to bring this to the attention of their patients. Um, it's providing a level of care that extends. And it, it truly shows you that, you know, it truly shows that your patient that you care when you're asking about their family members. I mean, it's all, and especially family members you're never going to see. It's a whole new level of, of care and love that you're showing that patient. So um, I'm really thankful to have you come on the show today and talk Thanks. about this. I think dentists that listen to this will, you know, grow. Um, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Thank you again, doc, um, Dr. Joy. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to, I want to tell our audience to check out your website. Um, you're in Chicago, um, joyfuldentalcare.com. Um, you didn't say this was okay, but I'm assuming that if there's any dentists that want to learn a little bit more about um, doing traveling dentistry and, and working in these types of situations, um, would you be willing to share um, your tales with them? Anything and everything they need. I would be um, more than happy to answer any questions they may have. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.